Welcome to Sober Sisters Talk, a podcast on recovery with Elizabeth Pudwell and MG. We bring you our experience, strength, and hope from a variety of sources, therapy, 12-step recovery, and life lessons of long-term sobriety. To contact us, email SoberSistersTalk at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook. Just search for Sober Sisters Talk. We're glad you're here. Now here's our next podcast. Also, we'd love to invite you to a Zoom meeting this Friday night at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. If you're interested, email SoberSistersTalk at gmail.com and we'll send you the meeting information and password. We hope to see you this Friday. Thank you. Stay tuned. Everybody, this is MG. And I'm Elizabeth Pudwell. And together we are Sober Sisters Talk. Welcome. And we were just having a talk. It wasn't very sober, but... You know, I know Elizabeth. It was fun. I know Elizabeth well enough that we can be a little um, bit raunchy, and I don't feel too judged, or I'm not. You know very what? Judging. You need somebody in your life like that. I'll tell you, listener, you do. You need somebody that you can be like totally honest with, and like, you know, I mean, it's not. It wasn't bad raunchy. It was just, you know, poking fun at each other a little bit. <laughs> I do know, like, my level of comfort with raunchiness has. It, it, you know, it is like, I am like, Ooh, no, I don't yeah. want to do that. I don't want to talk about that. I want to see that, Ooh, that word, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, and I that's like progressed in my sobriety. So that's right. That's right. I even had someone, you know, when I started making amends to her, she said, well, it's about time. She said, because you have the foulest mouth and you have triggered <laughs> me for years, the way you talk about sex. And I was just shocked. I was making an amends about one thing and she brought up like seven other things that I'd done. That's, I'll tell you, that's why you need a fucking sponsor to help you before you make the amends because it is not about, I mean, they do. People go off, you know? I remember I made amends to my sister. This side note, this is not what we're talking about today, you guys. But um, And she said, well, you know what? I'm really glad you brought this up because you know what, Liz? I was going to keep your daughter. <laughs> I wasn't going to send her back to you because of what you did. <laughs> I was like, what the fucking bitch? You were like, dang, oh my God. that's cold. Uh, yeah, when I so, apologized about, like, to my friend, because I, like, I ditched her show. I was working for her at, at a rodeo show. And she goes, I knew that boy was in town. I knew. <laughs> she goes, you didn't have to tell me. She goes, I'm a junkie. I knew that. When you didn't show up, I thought, oh, Mr. T's in town. Yeah, oh, she Lord. was right. She was right. So I, I have been having a lot of thoughts about that, too. And I think it's because this bring us back down to what we're doing here. Um, I do think it is because it's um, I've been talking about the first step a lot. I have a couple of new sponsees. Well, one of them, she got rid of me. She didn't want me. <laughs> but the other one is um, she's about the age of my kids and I really enjoy working with her and we just finished and the first step shit keeps coming up over and over again you know just remembering what it was for me you know what I did what my powerlessness was like what my unmanageability was like 
So telling that story again, does that happen with you where your stuff, like different memories come up when you share it? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And I mean, and when I work with people, I always relate my first step work to my own experience. And, you know, I just got um, done working with someone, their fourth and fifth. And usually I don't have sort of a toxic, you know, where, you know, I, because when I feel like I've done my four step, it's very toxic that I'm bringing up all this stuff. It's just heavy. And, uh, and usually when I hear someone's, I don't really have that much of a response. But this past time when I was listening to someone, you know, I was remembering a lot of my own stuff because it resonated. What they were doing resonated with my stuff. And, uh, and so I had to get into self-care and like take a, you know, Epsom salt bath and, and just, you know, clean that energy away because, uh, you know, I don't want to live in that place anymore and even visit, I don't even like to visit it, you know? So it's, uh, but the, the unmanageability and powerless part for sure. And especially when I see other women who are struggling to maintain sobriety I just, you know, want to hug them and say, you can do it. And it's so much better yeah. over here. And, yeah. You know, but I, I can't. I do want to, I do, because there is that place, like, where you come in and you are willing. And, you, you know, uh, where I came in and I was willing. And then there's a, a, a different space. Like, there's a path. There's a journey. To get to the other side. I heard it um, described in a meditation like this. You're in a meadow and um, you're in, in front of you is a big, is a big hill. And on the other side of that hill is what you want. And on the other side of that hill is your peace, your serenity, your whatever. But you got to go over the hill. And for each one of us, that hill and that journey over is different. There's similarities and there's, I can, I can have empathy and compassion for your, your trek over that fucking hill. Um, I can understand. But it's, but it's your work to get up and go over that hill. Elizabeth. I can do it for you. It's the work. And I, I can stand on the top of the hill and say, you know, it's a little bit steep, but you can do it. I can, I can put my hand out and go, come on, come work, on. push, yeah. try, please. Yeah. You can do it because it's hard. It isn't, this is not easy stuff. And there's really weird, um, there's weird actions that give you, that give an addict that give the person working through 12 steps relief and um, build the self-esteem, fill the hole that I don't, I can't tell you when it's going to come and where it's going to come from. I can, I can promise you, dear listener, if you get a sponsor, you work the steps, you do what I did. You go to meetings, you start making connections, being of service, be of service. Yes. Use your skill set to your best of, to the best of your ability. If you slip, if you relapse, don't, don't spiral down, come back. And if you keep doing it, that you will get a gift. 
something that I didn't get, but you will get something different, your own spectacular gift that your higher power has just for you. And I know what mine is. I know what it feels like. It is that sense that um, for me, my, my, my own brand of, of pain, of horror, of lostness, of feeling lost was this feeling of not that I didn't matter, feeling like I didn't matter. And so in 12 step, in this whole thing, this is why I love Slaw. This is why I love you. This is why I love the podcast because it gave me this sense of feeling like I matter, like I'm important. Oh yeah. Yeah. It gives us significance and meaning, Elizabeth. And you know, sometimes I think like, you know, like I was, you know, since I've been recovering from my long illness, one thing and then the other, I'm like, why? And the only thing that could come to me was that maybe your experience can help another person out there who's struggling. So that is huge. Yes. That is huge. Because when you can take your mess, like this, this girl that I was just talking about, I actually have two young girls right now and I can see the value of my climb up the, (laughs) up the hill has to them, you know, I, and it's like, I can be there right with you in every step. I cannot do it for you. I can even push you from behind, but I cannot do it for you. You've got to do the work. So what do you suggest for someone? Because I know that you and I, I had, I had one slip and I got right back into program. I was a chronic slipper. Chronic. <laughs> I had so many fucking first chip, step chips in my purse. I would go to a meeting and people would go like, uh, Elizabeth, do you have any spare one step chips? <laughs> As a matter of fact, ching, desire ching, 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 ching. Chip, not one step. Desire chip. But did I you carry ever... it around in my purse? And I, oh yeah, here I got about ten of them. You guys can have them. But what do you, what do you think your your definition of between a slip and a relapse is? Because I've heard that that a relapse is serious and longer. You leave program. I think that's the that's it. I think it's time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And maybe, MG, maybe there's a, a level of intensity we could put in there as well. Mm. Like, you yeah, know, this slip, um, I didn't have sex with a guy. I just like cyber stalked him for three hours and it broke my bottom line, which was no stalking. Or reached out to him. Yeah, or but I didn't. Or answered an email or, so I had contact, but I didn't, like that time, the last time that I let the qualifier come over and, um, did, have I ever told you this story about the story with Betty? So I just got Betty and he was not, he came over and I lured him over. I asked him to come help me with my computer. And um, so we end up in my bedroom and this is in the little house on Yale. You remember that house, right? You didn't, you never went to that one. So I shut the door and I had Betty like probably, I don't know, a couple of weeks, a month or so. And, and this bitch starts at the door <laughs> and, uh, he didn't like her, you know, and it was like, he, Betty didn't like to... him. Mm-mm. And so we're trying to like kiss and stuff on the bed and she's like, yeah. And then I can't concentrate and it wasn't, I wasn't feeling it. And I finally, I got up, I opened the door, I let Betty in and he left. 
I was like, I would much rather be with Betty than with him. And that was the last time. And that's when the, the, that was, that was before the rape though. Right. That was before the rape. No, it was after. Oh my God, Elizabeth. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yep. That's right. I forget that about your story. You still carried on with him. How, How long did you carry on with him after the rape? It had to be a year at least because I was in a different place. I was in a different domicile. Oh my God. Wow. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, I think that what that means, and you know, what is that? What does that mean? It means that you can do it. You can achieve that sobriety. You can have it. Yeah, yeah. No matter where you are. But I mean, the first step says we are powerless, but we are not helpless. And, you know, how help appeared to me was all my recovery women, AA and SLAA. I was in therapy, so I got help with therapy. And, you know, my family, not so much, but basically women in recovery... And I had some dear girlfriends who aren't in recovery. And in fact, like the uh, Christmas before I started SLAA and I had this old boy living with me, you know, my friend Jenny gave me this book. He's just not that into you. (laughs) I remember opening that book at Christmas at her house and I looked at her and she went, oh, that that gift didn't go over well. They know. They know. My Your friends know. So I was like, thank you. You know, and then it wasn't, and it was so funny. I didn't read that book until after I got them out. <laughs> yeah, you're looking at it. You're sitting there one day on your couch and you're looking at it and you're going like, maybe I should read that now. <laughs> yeah. Could I have saved myself some heartache? No, because I was hell bent on making it so... But, you know, what I learned from that book was if he's the guy, he's going to pursue you. He's going to want to know you. He's going to say, hey, uh, how are you today? He's going to knock on the door like a straight up guy. And show up regularly. He's definitely not going to be like ghosting you. And you're not going to wonder. Oh, and you don't have to scheme. You don't have to like, maybe if I do this or maybe if I, no, you don't have to do any of that. You don't have to wonder where he is. You don't have to scheme. And, you know, he'll wait. He will wait. I love that. I can't remember the name of the movie. It's with George Clooney and has Holly Hunter where she was like, I want him to be bona fide. You know, it's like, like true blue. Like that's how we want our that's how I want to stick with I statements. Uh, that's how I want my guy to be. And so, you know, this picking the wrong guys and running down, trying to run my racket on them. It just was a horrible, horrible situation. And I mean, and I never, ever want to go there. But the only reason I got to this place was because I had to get sick enough. I had to be so sick and have so much suffering. I remember my therapist once told me that, you know, pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. 
that I was a volunteer to this. And when he told me that, I was like, but I'm powerless. And that's when this idea of you might be powerless, but you're not helpless. And that you have created, he said, you have created this in order to heal from it. Right. Right. And the healing is the big work that therapists and 12 steps and sponsors and recovery partners all help us on that journey. You know, and I know for MG and I know for me, for both of us, that it did take a combination of all of that stuff. I, I, I mean, I was in therapy. I had a psychiatrist and I was going to as many I went to a meeting every day. It, you also were all, going to church. You had your spiritual I went people. to church. I had all of those things, you know, like all at once. Because I, you know, I needed constant support. I needed input, you know. There was such a lack of warm personal regard that I had to get it from so many places and like, like store it up. You know, like refeed myself because I never got it. You know, I was putting myself in positions where there was no warm personal regard. And if you're wondering where I got that, it's the four agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. So you can read that. Um, It's not not conference approved literature, but it will certainly help you. And Elizabeth, you know, we got that from I got that from my family of origin. You know, I was always the afterthought. You know, I was baby number five. Oh, let's got to get her dressed. You know, what's going on with her? It was like I was always, like, neglected. Uh, you know, where's MG? You know, what where, what's going on with her? And uh, and so I also had this piece of me that was like, um, you know, I, I don't matter or I'm not worth that much. And so that's why I think that we share that, that we'll accept those crumbs. That in some way, that little crumb of attention was better than anything I ever got and so it took people who were weller than we to say no 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 sweetheart you don't yeah, need a no, crumb no. yeah you don't need the crumb I remember being in a um I was at a Kara Weed uh seminar at the council early on and she was doing this whole thing talking about the dance and here's the avoidant here's the addict and how we chase them and this whole thing about like and I, it was like 20 minutes and I'm sitting there listening to this all, you know, watching it. Yep. That's me. Yep. That's me. And so finally I said, okay, what's the solution? <laughs> How do you fix this? Cut to the chase, please. <laughs> yes. And she said, you have to reparent yourself. And I was like, okay, how do you do that? Like, you know, I, I was ready. I wanted to know. And I got enough information and it was like for a long time that reparenting the little girl inside of me or, you know, that just like so turned me off. It was like, oh my God, oh brother, you know, but now I use it all the time and I tell people you got to reparent yourself. You got to show up for yourself. You know, you have to, and there was many times where I had to talk to myself out loud, you know, to the little girl inside of me. I'm, I'm the adult here. I'm the parent. I've got this, not you. I'm going to go and deal with this adult situation and you're going to stay here because I'm an adult, you're a little girl. I'm going to do this, not you, me. Because that's what parents do. 
And and today I use that when I'm not when I'm like diseased, dis dash eased, where I'm like a little bit wonky. I ask my little girl like, "Baby, what do you want? What's going on?" what are you doing? And she can articulate, she can speak. And she was like, I'm afraid or, you know, this and that, you know, I told my boss to shut his racist mouth last week. He was making fun of somebody's name and saying something. And I was laughing, like, I can't believe you're saying that. And I went, shut your racist mouth. And it like just popped out, you know, and because I've been working with Georgie and she's been saying maybe, you know, a piece of your being unwell is your inability to speak, right? To keep it. So I was like, oh, that slipped out. And uh, and he laughed it off. He could have cared less that I, like, uh, confronted him or correct, tried to correct him. He just went on with his, you know, silly way. And it, and it wasn't egregious, right? But it was just like making fun of somebody's last name a little bit. And so my friend James was like, you're fine. People need to be told that they're being offensive, you know. But my little girl got into a little bit of fear about it. You know, like, I shouldn't have said that. Yeah. I'm bad. Shame. Yeah. Right. 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 And like, and and like, just getting into prayer. Like, just oh my gosh, get into prayer about it. Like, pray about it. Can I invite higher power in to kind of lift this burden? And so what the work gives me, Elizabeth, are the tools. I have this whole tool belt. I have the tool of prayer. I have the tool of reaching out where I can share with someone. When I'm in service, I'm not thinking about my own bullshit. I'm being of service to someone else, and it raises my esteem. It's an esteemable act. Yes. And so... It's another tool. And that, you know, there's also, um, the tool of like weight patience, you know, which I had none of <laughs> pre-recovery, you know, and just waiting and waiting until like, sometimes I wait until we're going to do this and talk to you or wait until I can talk to somebody else. You know, there's, you do not have to act to make yourself feel better having faith that it's going to come. And I used to say that every time I'd go into my therapist's office, just crying. I just in such agony. And I was like, you've got to tell me this is going to end. I said, I can't, I can't go on like this. You've got to tell me. He goes, Oh, it will. Oh yes, it absolutely will. And I didn't believe him. I was like, okay, well, I'm super miserable right now. And it would, you know, it would get better after we processed a little bit in therapy. And I can remember leaving therapy feeling so good. And I was like, how long am I going to feel good? And sometimes it would be like six hours. Some days it would be 24 hours. And then I would start, you know, twirling again, getting, you know, freaked out. And I couldn't wait. I was like, I got to have another therapy session, you know. But I just went to the meetings and I just... I and there isn't like a, a you know all of a sudden I remember and you know this person too she came in and um she was one of these people who like so she came to a couple of meetings and then <laughs> it's I was running into her everywhere I was I would be at half price books and there would she would be 
And she told me later, like, it felt like, you know, I was stalking her. Because <laughs> like, every time she'd be like, yeah, I'm going to come back, you know, and be like, okay, that's cool. I don't really, I'm not like, you know, checking up on you. It's cool, you know. But God kept putting you in her way. Exactly. 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 Hello, here's a solution to your problems. Stop doing what you're doing, you know. And it does, it shows up like that, you guys. You never know, like how you're gonna how you're gonna get some recovery and how you're gonna get it's like all of a sudden that and there were times like when i felt better like 50 percent of the time and 50 percent of the time i felt bad and then there was like maybe this gradual shift to 60 and then 70 and then because now it's like i don't i can read i can look back and remember like when I did feel bad and how, you know, long it was and all of that stuff. But I don't, I don't feel like that anymore. You don't regret the past, nor are you willing to shut the door on it. So that's the gift of recovery. And you're right. Cause I can remember how this guy was, I'm obsessed with, you know, Mr. T and then the last guy. And there was all of those going on in my head. And then, you know, now it's only when I intentionally talk about them, like in, in this meeting, back that you know they come back or i thought about this other guy recently because of something else you know in my acting community and uh right you know, i was gonna bring up too though that um you know the our our disease our addiction shows up in different ways one of the new um women that i'm working with her bottom line behavior like everything comes back to suppressing like not like just suppressing her feelings, suppressing what she wants to say, suppressing, you know, her relationship, suppressing herself. It's so it's just, it, it's like we, we were talking last night and it's like everything can come back to that. Well, I, I had a therapist when I had one of my depressive episodes, she asked me, she goes, what are you depressing? What are you pushing down? You know, that that's, that was a piece of my own work that I had to figure out what I was not allowing. I think that, yeah, I think that that's why we're all here, because we're all, like, pushing something down. We're all, like, trying to manage it, you know. Maybe if I do this, then, you know, whatever. That, that scheme in part, like, that, that's exhausting, and it does never work. But that's but, why that's why this program is such a gift, Elizabeth, because there's so many people that are running their racket and they don't have any sort of solution around it. But we do. And I'm is cunning, baffling, and powerful. And that cunning and baffling part is all of the stuff that MG and I are talking about. Like the 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 scheming. You know, maybe if I do this, he'll do that. Or maybe if I stay away from him this long, then he'll learn to love me. And it's you know suppressing you know what are you suppressing what are you depressing it is that chronic relapsing like going back and forth and back and forth and that shit will kill you that will take you down that is and it will age you and so all of those things together is that cunning baffling and powerful part of it and you know i don't think it matters if you're having a slip or a relapse just get your ass back to what was working it doesn't work really fast. It's not instant. This is, it took you a long time to develop the, the character defects that have you sitting here. Right. So it takes a long time to heal them. But 
But listen, you and I both know, and I've been able to observe, that the women who put in the work, that it, it, it it's like, you know, it correlates. If you put in a lot of work, you're going to have really strong recovery. You put in the more work. time and energy you put in your program. So what does that mean? What is the work? Do your step work. Have a sponsor. Go Meet with meetings. that sponsor. What else? Go to meetings. Go to meetings. Be of service. Do, do service work. Right. What does that mean? So that it can be something as small as like reading a reading in a meeting. It could be service. something as small as sharing in a meeting. Do not use your, turn your camera off and sit there and hide in a meeting. Like that's one thing that we did not have at our disposal. And I highly, if I have a sponsee and see them doing that, I'm going to call you out on it. No, show your ass up yeah. and share and yeah. share. Yeah. And don't sit there through the uncomfortable silence going like, oh, I'm not going to share. I don't want to. No, show up and share. Another thing that I say that when women are new in the recovery and even us old timers is, you know, start building your network. Call five women a day. Now, you're not, you're not going to speak to five women a day sometimes, but they're going to call you back. So you might talk to 10 women the next day because you're going to call a different five. And so you're going to start building that network of people because not all of this can be there for each other 100%. You know, I can't be there for and my sponsors. You, don't, you never know when you're going to need that. Right. You know, that instant when you are like, when your ass is on fire, is like, that's when you need those people. Girl, I got 30 women. I could go down the list right now and say, listen, I am out of my goddamn mind. And they would talk to me and laugh with me and help me. You know, so, you know, calling and, and starting to get your support and recovery network. Yes, you need that. You definitely need that. That's the you word. need people in your corner. You need those conversations before... <laughs> <laughs> and that's why you do that. And you don't, I'll tell you, you do not have to say anything other than you can use this. I heard on a podcast that I should call women in recovery. And the woman on the other line will know what to say. Yeah. That is your opening line. I heard on a podcast, on a sober podcast, that I should call other women, that I should build my network. And the other woman will know what to say. Yeah. Right. So those are just a few of the things to get you started. For me, I had to go to therapy. I had to go to Women Within. I did a lot of reading, literature, and not conference approved and otherwise. I did anything. A, and you need to fill your head. Like I was saying, like you're, 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 you've deprived yourself. You're depleted. Yeah. So you have to like replete. You have to like give yourself. You know, it's sort of like you were dehydrated and you need to hydrate. Yeah. Read, get the literature, read the book, go to meetings, go to as many meetings as you can, build your network, get a sponsor, work the steps. I also, I went to start going to church. I started going to church. If you are a believer or that works for you, go to church. Yeah. All of these things, it's so easy right now. You can do it online. You don't even have to get it's dressed. Amazing. It's amazing. You just put a shirt on. Right. Right. Don't so, hide, though. Yeah. Don't hide in Zoom meetings. I hate that. I yeah. have a big problem with that. Yeah. And that is my own personal opinion. That is not a slopping. <laughs> and don't Elizabeth. lay in bed. Sit up. <laughs> well, I'm up here in my bedroom because it's very warmly. And but my... you are sitting up. 
yeah, mean, it's yeah. like, I'm talking about laying in bed like this. With well, I think we can let our friends from England when they're on the meeting because it's, you know, That's midnight. That's fine. They're, it's like 1 o'clock in the morning there. That's different. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. That's not yeah. the same thing. All right. So we've given you guys a lot. Um, I just want to encourage you that if you have slipped, just go back. And we've all done it. You did not invent any of these things. There's names for them. You did not invent them. You know, we all do it. There was a... Go ahead. Go ahead. Just encourage you to keep doing it. To keep coming back until you get that that peace of mind, serenity. You know, I was reading in our basic text around the fourth step, and at the end of the chapter on the fourth step, it said that none of us were born sex and love addicts, and none of us wanted this. So have some self forgiveness around all of this. Right. Yeah. So thank you, Elizabeth. It's not so bad. <laughs> so bad this so bad i got my big old mic here oops okay elizabeth thank you so much for those of you who uh want to go on our facebook page you can go to facebook and you can just google or like our search sober sisters talk you can also go to our our main web page www.sobersisterstalk.com it will forward to our uh, podcast page and if you have any questions you can email us at sober sisters talk at gmail.com. Till the next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Sober Sisters Talk podcast. To find our podcast, we're at www.sobersisterstalk.com. We're also on Apple iTunes and on Facebook. See you next week.